Hey, Siri. Uh-huh? Take me to the Joe Beaver Show, 1240 Joe Radio. One option is Joe Crow Reservoir in Oregon. Is that the one you're looking for? No. Which the Joe Beaver? The Joe Beaver Show, 1240 Joe Radio. On it. It's a destination people have sought for generations. Coming here, Oregon? And take my wagon train to the Willamette Valley in Oregon. Be sure to come prepared. I'm fascinated. I'm fascinated, too. Right on the arm. And with the proper gear. Shall we select our masks? And even in this exacting age. Everything you say comes back to bite you. Come ready to contribute, even if your own son has his doubts. Dad and his mysterious phone calls. <laughs> Remembering what a call to Joe can do. Those phone calls put you through college. As you draw closer, note the surrounding characters. And know this, John and Mike will celebrate when you get here. Arrived at the Joe Beaver Show, 1240 Joe Radio. It's a very busy one today, John. Good to see you again. How yeah. was the uh, coast? Very nice. I bet it was. It was uh, strange because Saturday morning, the entire town of Newport lost power. And you were there. And we were there. In fact, it might have been a good chunk of the entire coast. But, uh, yeah, we, we were driving north out of Newport to go to breakfast and got all the way to Lincoln City before we found power. So I'm that glad was you had strange. that ability. Good morning, John. Good morning. Uh, interesting weekend, a fun weekend. Yes. Got back in time yesterday to, to get on. I, I thought I had ESPN Plus, which I didn't, so I paid $7 so I could watch the softball game just in time. In the fifth inning is when I picked it up. To see a scoreless, uh, scoreless through five on game number two, unbelievable! I saw the score eight to three of the first game and thought they're still alive, and quickly got online to osubeavers.com to check the stats page, uh, and saw that it was no score. And I'm scrambling to get the TV working, and I finally got it, and it worked perfectly, and just in time to see uh, a couple of innings. But then Mariah Maison come in. And uh, hit another, a second sixth-inning home run. And that essentially, in a 0-0 game like that, I thought, okay, that's it. That's it. That should be enough right there. And it was, sort of. They tacked on two more runs before uh, a home run. I think it was in the seventh inning given up um, to make it 3-1 to the final. But, wow, great day for Beaver softball. Yes. And this morning I was trying to go off of memory. First Super Regional since 06. And it was 07 when the Beavers went to uh, – it was 07 when the Beavers went to Michigan, and Bob DeCarolis and I went and called those games for a Super Regional, and they lost. But 06 was the year. And I, for some reason, my brain remembers 06 for all of baseball and 06 for softball because I went with the team after they were at home to defeat Cal in the Supers to the Women's College World Series and called those games. But my brain doesn't connect the two as, oh, yeah, 06 was the year the Beavers went to softball, and it was the year that the Beavers won the, their first title. They're, for some reason, they're separated in my brain. Are we expecting that? Yeah, I think it's Ron Callen. And I had given Ron, and he knows the downward dog phone line. And Ron, our good friend, it's been a while, he texted me 
a couple of times yesterday to express a couple of things. Glee over the Beaver softball team's performance, but mm-hmm. also a little frustration that of trying to follow the games and the coverage. And and, yeah. and I, I've been so busy with, with baseball and coverage and giving scores of games as we go. And yesterday, because it's one of those rare days off, yeah. leaving tomorrow for Scottsdale, I wasn't able to follow. I followed, you know, check, checking my phone here and there, but didn't try to, quote, watch the games or find out where exactly the coverage was. Ron Callen is on the line, and he can kind of maybe share a representative point of view of what a, uh, somebody who was vitally interested in what was going on in Knoxville, what his experience was. And we do not want to belabor the negative, because, but, but I do hope that there will be uh, a sense of, of maybe the need on the coverage to improve and get better in the super regional round and in the college world series, if indeed the college softball world series, if the Beavers play through after beating Stanford again in a series, let's hope that can happen. It's yeah. such a great story. Mariah Mazon will join us at around 1240 today. Melanie Newman, one of the voices of the Baltimore Orioles at 1130. That's coming up in a few minutes. We'll have her call of Adley's major league his first major league hit, a triple. Dave from Tumwater said it was an exquisite call from the 30-year-old mm. Melanie Newman, one of the more talented young people in the profession and the 2021 Ballpark Digest Major League Broadcaster of the Year. She just sounds like a delightful person. She will join us at 1130. Former Beaver outfielder Daniel Robertson, who went on to play in the major leagues, got his degree through the E campus at Oregon State. And I'll, I'll be honest with you, up front, part of the reason to talk to Daniel is, and this will be repurposed as a podcast, but uh-huh. is to give some love to the E-Campus, which has been accentuated much more during the pandemic, but how important the E-Campus has become as part of Oregon State's educational mission. And Daniel Robertson, a tremendous exhibit of how you can get your degree via the E-Campus at Oregon State. And Daniel has done that while pursuing baseball. He's now a coach the bench coach for the Low A Lynchburg Hillcats and the Cleveland Guardians organization. Great story of an overachiever. Came to Oregon State for one year and parlayed that into an opportunity to climb the ladder as a low prospect, if a prospect at all, when he first embarked in his professional career to the major leagues. Mm -hmm. Tremendous story. So Daniel will join us at 12.05. Mariah Mazon around 12.40. Melanie Newman with her call and her thoughts on Adley, but her own rather amazing story, a young 30 years of age, but has packed a lot in mm. and how she got to where she is. I find a, an inspiring and fascinating tale in its own right. So she'll join us. A lot of love uh, for her work from Dave from Tumwater, who really likes her a lot. And she's uh, young in the craft, 30 years of age, but a voice, at would the be, major league level. That would be young would be for Orioles. any major yes, league for anyone. person doing. So she'll level. join us a little bit later. But in the meantime, Ron is on uh, our uh, sort of our studio uh, downward dog phone line. If you would like to join us, we've got a couple of others available to get your thoughts about softball, about baseball, about anything else that may be on your mind. Open phones for now. We'll have a few other open phone opportunities as we go today, John and TJ, the rest of the week. But if you were at Beaver Baseball over the weekend, your thoughts, Saturday's game, the bounce back, 
what you're reading, believing about national seeds and all of that? Do you feel pretty good? Are you going to Scottsdale? Any thoughts on the Beaver baseball team and the way it finished the regular season? 497-5356. Did you watch softball? How proud are you of that group? Mariah will represent for that team a little bit later. So open phones and emails, 497-5356, or I should say texts on the University Honda text line, 541-497-5356. That is the lay of the land for the show today. It's been a while since we've talked to our good friend, Ron Callen. Ron texted me, almost upbraided me, chided me, (laughs) admonished me late when the Beavers were trailing late in the Friday game As he should to UCLA. Have. Come on, Mike. The Beavs are going to pull <laughs> off a big rally. Go, man, go. Believe. You got to believe. Sign Tug McGraw. I mean, that's what Ronnie was trying to encourage me, and I appreciated it, Ron. It didn't quite work out, but your enthusiasm was noted and appreciated, and your enthusiasm for softball. It's been a pretty good weekend, hasn't it, for the Beavs? Well, it, was, it was incredible, and a, a couple of things. First of all, uh, let's just be positive about Adley Rutschman. Yeah. I mean, think about this. First time I interviewed him on campus, he was kicking for the football team. <laughs> I know he had he was with the baseball team as well, but right. I had those memories by first interview with him. And, and then the last interview I did with him was on the field when he got that gold glove uh, yeah. ceremony or some kind of, it was a ceremony. I think it was gold glove, right? I, or silver something. Bottom line is he made it to the majors. His granddad, Linfield zone, Ad Rutschman, pretty darn proud of the young man. What a way to open with that triple. I'm looking forward to the interview with the Orioles announcer. That should be special. Now the softball team. You've got to congratulate Laura Berg. Tenth season, uh, she is a tremendous coach. The, the consistency she's created, the improvement in the, in the uh, recruiting. She's got a couple of – she's got the Mason McCovey of the Beavers, right? With Maison and Hamoudi, I mean, Cox got a couple of home run hitters. But uh, turning to the other side, yesterday I tune in, and um, they have a show on ESPN called Seven Innings, where they bounce around from game to game to game. And so they bring up the Beavers in Tennessee, and all of the announcers I think are affiliated with the SEC or close to it. They're all going, oh. No problem for the volunteers. They'll <laughs> take care of business today. <laughs> so that you know that gets you going a little bit. Say, oh wait a minute now. You haven't really watched Oregon State. I don't think they had watched Oregon State. Uh, tremendous pitching by Maison, clutch hitting, uh, and you know, and then the, the the last game shows up, and none of the Beaver games were shown on any of the ESPN networks except ESPN Plus. Yesterday, I could watch. Uh, Vanderbilt. I could watch the Ducks and Arkansas for free. I mean, all the games were for free, except the only way you could watch the entire Beaver game is if you had to pay 7 bucks on ESPN+. And I'm already paying on YouTube TV to watch ESPN Station, so I felt frustrated. I watched the, the, Beaver, lo- of the Beaver app. I kept track of the game that way, just through you know waiting for the ticker to come through on each, on each pitch and each play. Finally, when Maison hits that home run in the final game to give them the lead, they went to a commercial, came back, and showed the replay. Then they went away from it again, and they started showing Texas and Washington. The game just starting in Seattle. They're not showing the Beaver game. It's the last inning. It's the final inning. There's two outs to go, one out to go. Finally, they go full screen on the Beaver game. It was just unbelievable. Yeah. I couldn't believe it. 
and they said the usual things that they're reading off the cue cards. Oh, Laura Berg, four-time Olympian. Congratulations <laughs> to the Beavers. Big upset in Knoxville. Yeah. It, it just, you know, it made it just made you mad. It made me Ron, mad. Ron, anyway. I, I hear the, I hear it. Yeah, I can, I can hear it. I can almost feel it through the downward dog phone line as you call the frustration. You wonder. You just wonder. You know, I don't know if you've ever seen the film The Truman Show with Ed Harris kind of pulling all. You know, yeah. okay, now I want this camera now here. You know, he's whatever he had some weird one name name in that show. I kind of like it. It's a, not a bad concept. And Harris is always good in anything he's in. But he's some sort of weird name. Would you have you seen that show, yeah, John? I one mean, time Mandrake. Yeah, I remember it. But some, it's been some, a few I mean, some years, weird yeah. name. But just directing everything, calling everything. I wonder if ESPN is there a person? Is there some? Okay, Texas, Washington. Now go back here. And you're saying whoever that person was fell short of the Ed Harris-type standard. Well, yeah, I mean, here's a game where no one's expecting the Beavers to beat Tennessee in Knoxville. And it's getting late in the game. It was 0-0 in the sixth. And the Beavers happen to be the home team, right? And so, I mean, they get that home run and get the lead in, in the bottom of the sixth. I, I figured they would go, at least go to the game then, but they didn't. And they're showing, you know, the Huskies in Texas. I mean, I think... It, this had to be a frustrating weekend for ESPN and the SEC. When you've got five Pac-12 teams, including a couple who were three seeds, get in there and, and, and win on the road at a place like Tuscaloosa for Stanford and Knoxville for the Beavs and move into the Super Regional. And the winner of that series next weekend down in Palo Alto will go to the College World Series. This is an exciting week coming up for uh, Laura Berg and the gang. And, yeah. you know, last year I got a chance to stream a couple of the games and uh, impressed with I'm just impressed with the attitude and demeanor mm -hmm. of this team. They're having a heck of a lot of fun, guys. It was fun. And yeah, they, yeah. they had some struggles during the season, but they were a clutch team yesterday. I mean, and the day before, you know, and so they got through the tough section to get there, and you, you got to just say congratulations to the Beavs. And as far as the network stuff, I think the Pac-12 conference needs to step up and somehow, you know, get those conference games on their network someday. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, as part of the NCAA coverage, I really believe that because the SEC and ACC. I mean, you could watch a Pac-12 team playing against one of those on their networks, but not on the Pac-12. That is disappointing. I hope that with fewer teams now, that the super regionals will be fully covered. Is that your sense of things? I mean, I, I believe I saw a schedule with ESPNU. Or, I mean, I think yes. It I will think be all on the ESPNU, games will be on. which you'll be able to access through what, through your cable or your, uh, like in my case, I don't have cable, I have a YouTube TV, and so I'm excited about watching the game, which I believe is 7.30 right. first pitch uh, in Palo Alto. And, hey, you know, they beat Stanford two out of three right. during the regular season. So um, they've got a great shot because they only have one senior, and that's going to be your guest in the next hour. And she is she's a dynamic player. I mean, when you're a pitcher and you're a great hitter, not that many players in, in softball are doing it, you know, pitching and hitting, but she's great in both. Shohei and Babe Ruth, kind of a blend thereof for Mariah <laughs> Maison. Exactly. And I love, I love too, John, your, the sound bites you played this morning from the post-media session in Knoxville, her, the delight, you could hear the delight and joy in her voice. I yeah, enjoyed just, just giggling. But did she not give up the home run in the seventh? Uh, yes. I, she was on a did. relief, right? It was a right? solo shot. Yeah, solo yeah. shot, yeah. Hey, Ron, uh, 
one other quick thing before you go, and we really appreciate you kind of getting us started and giving your kind of representative experience. I'm sure you're not alone. You may have even seen, there may be others who would call and say, yeah, Ron's right. It was frustrating or difficult. <laughs> and we're not trying to, again, you know, be downbeats no. here after the great achievement by the team. Celebrate just, like some, yeah, exactly. an amazing weekend for them. Yeah. I just wonder what you, <laughs> what you think, that Knoxville thinks when they hear Oregon State's going to be showing up <laughs> in any sport. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Hey, you know, I remember uh, in 2008, I got uh, selected to do baseball in Knoxville. I don't know if you remember this, back, way back. And uh, so I did like three games. Hank Hager was there, and the first game was snowed out in Knoxville. But then we went back in 2018 with women's basketball, and, you know, Tennessee's women's basketball team, 57-0 and 0 in postseason play at home at the Summit there. And so the Bees knock them off, of course, in impressive fashion. And they were stunned. I mean, they were not happy. But the Beavs, you know, hey, I, th- I think every any postseason, Knoxville's a good stop for the Beavs. I mean, it seems like it works out pretty well. Well, and I wonder, too, I mean, who knows, on the baseball side, maybe there'll be a collision course for Oregon State and Tennessee in, in baseball down the road. Wouldn't that be, wouldn't wouldn't it that be, would be fascinating? I would uh, love it. And, uh, you know, I, I haven't seen the seeds this week where they've got the beads, but, uh, hey, I think they've got a heck of a resume to be in that top eight, top 16, whatever they need. Yeah, I do. D1Baseball.com, Ron, for what it's worth, they're not always right but they have projected eight national seeds. They just moved Texas A&M, Nate Yeske and company, into yeah, yeah. the eighth and last seed based on them winning the West in the SEC. Right. But they have Oregon State. They just have their five locks for national seeds, and that's regardless of what takes place in this upcoming Pac-12 tournament in Scottsdale. I'd still feel better winning a game or two there. Yes. I would. I would just yes. feel better about oh, yeah. the selection show. But they say right now, based on the RPI for Oregon State, which is still two, and the body of work, uh, say hi to uh, Sagan for us, please, Ronnie. Well, he's, he's saying, look, oh, uh, yeah. get those beavers in Get there. the beavers he's in. He's talking to D1 baseball right now. So. <laughs> but that D1, for whatever it's worth, says yeah. they're a lock for one of the eight national seats. So that's good news. Well, that's good news. That is good news. Great to hear from you, Ronnie. Uh, maybe we'll hear more cool from guys. you down the road. I, I think you may be getting a call about a chew on this appearance on softball, so I'm glad you're up to speed on all of it. Thanks for taking time to call us, Ronnie. Good to hear your voice. All right. Thanks, guys. Thank you, Ron. Ron Callen, sort of an impromptu call. He had just said that he... Um, oh, my gosh. What time was that? Oh, uh, yeah, we have one more guest coming up here shortly, and it's our it's our fault. Too many moving parts. We will take a break and come back with Carson Berry on 1240 Joe Radio. When a restaurant has been around for as long as Tommy's 4th Street Bar and Grill, it says a lot. It says the food is good, and that's a fun place to go. At Tommy's, they serve breakfast anytime, plus lunch and dinner seven days a week. There's a lounge with a full bar, pool tables, and all your favorite Oregon lottery games. Ask about Tommy's famous Beaver Buster breakfast. If you can eat it all in an hour, it's free. And for special events, Tommy's has a large banquet room downstairs. For good food and fun times, stop by Tommy's 4th Street Bar and Grill on 4th Street in downtown Corvallis. 
If you feel you're overpaying on your taxes and you're not as profitable as you should be, you're not alone. At Tax and Wealth Management in Corvallis, they can help because that's what they do. They work with individuals and business owners to lower your taxes, increase your profit, and manage your cash flow. They provide bookkeeping and payroll services too. Give them a call at 541-753-4185. That's 753-4185. And get in the game. Tax and Wealth Management in Corvallis, your hometown tax team. And go Beavs! Locally owned and operated for over 30 years, people in the Mid-Valley have been going to Corvallis Floor Covering. They thank their many friends and customers for your continued support and look forward to working with you on your next remodeling project. Browse through their large showroom with a beautiful selection of carpet, countertops, sheet vinyl, linoleum, tile, hard surface floors, and window coverings from all the popular brands. Corvallis Floor Covering, corner of 2nd and Van Buren downtown, or log on to CorvallisFloorCovering.com. Shop local. Shop Corvallis Floor Covering. And go Beavs! Hi, this is Mike and Anderson Jewelers reminding you the gold and silver market is still strong, so I'm still buying old gold jewelry and watches. Right now I'm paying cash for 10, 14, and 18 karat gold jewelry, sterling silver, antique and estate jewelry, and of course Rolex and Omega wristwatches. Anderson Jewelers is licensed by the state of Oregon and certified by the city of Corvallis to buy old gold, silver, and watches for nearly 25 years. Anderson Jewelers, 5th and Madison, downtown Corvallis. We continue on the Joe Beaver Show. Mike Parker, John Warren with Carson Berry joining us just ahead of Melanie Newman and in a conversation with Daniel Robertson and Mariah Maison coming up here on the Joe Beaver Show. Carson, you got a big, big uh, trip to NCAA championships coming up this weekend. Uh, congratulations, first of all. How's everything going? Thank you so much. Yeah, uh, thank you for having me. Doing great. Um, we uh, are leaving on Wednesday and uh, just kind of, Getting ready to go. I'm excited. Were you watching Justin Thomas yesterday, kind of shaking your head like, yep, yep, I know what it's like to be in a playoff? <laughs> a little bit, yeah. A uh, little uh, different pressure, I'm uh, assuming. But, uh, but, yeah, it was a pretty fun playoff. Tell me about that playoff situation for you and, and what kind of nerves you had and what it took and, and how much you know scoreboard watching do you do. What, what's it like to be in a playoff that would uh, get you, you know, out of the regionals and on to nationals? Um, yeah, so it was an, it was an interesting position because uh, our team was uh, fighting to make it as a team. I was uh, top five at regionals. Um, unfortunately, we weren't able to do that, played pretty poorly the last day. And really all day, I had no idea where I stood. Um, so we really didn't have many scoreboards out there. Um, and Coach Rehorn came and walked with me the last three, four holes. Um, so I assumed I was close and I assumed I needed a few more birdies coming in. And when I got done, um, I was two back in Noah Goodwin and I kind of was a little disappointed because I assumed I wasn't going to make it. I needed a mistake from him. Um, luckily it came, um, he made double and lost hole. So then it was really just about kind of resetting and getting ready to go for a playoff and it ended up being a four person playoff actually. Sure, sure. And then whittled down uh, to the final two, right? You and Goodman, was that right? Yeah, so we uh, went to uh, number 18 was our first playoff hole. I hit a really good drive down there, and all three of the other guys were in the pro-right bunker. Um, Noah was able to make par, 
Um, I had about full footed for birdie. I had a really good nine iron in there. And so I, I knew if I made it, I'm going to Greyhawk. And so I knew what I had to do, which was a great spot to be. And, but I was, I was pretty nervous. I was just trying to put the best stroke as I could on it. Um, hit a really good putt, honestly. I just left it, uh, fraction short. I just needed another, like, half roll. And so I tapped in, and Noah and I went to the second playoff hole. And I hit another really good drive down there. Noah was in the solar bunker again. And he wasn't able to get up and down. And I had about a three-footer for par that uh, I was able to convert. Carson Berry joining us, heading down to Scottsdale, as is the Beaver baseball That's team. That's right, same time. Hank Hager tells me that uh, we may be blessed by a visit for you and Coach Rehorn, as time permits, to come over to the ballpark, Carson. We both know that baseball and you will be participating in incredible heat. How are you feeling about that? How how often have you played in plus 100 temperatures, and how do you kind of deal and prepare for that? Uh, yeah, uh, it sounds like uh, Coach Rehar and I are going to the first game on Wednesday, nice. um, so I'm looking forward to that. And but the hot temperatures, uh, it'll be it'll be fun. Um, it'll be interesting. It was pretty hot in Bryan um, down at our regional. Mm-hmm. Um, it'll be a different heat, a lot drier. Um, it was super hot there last year, so I've had some experience with it. It's just about kind of getting your body ready and staying on top of your hydration, really, like really starting today, starting last weekend. Um, it's just about drinking a bunch of water and kind of staying disciplined with that, and uh, it'll be just fine. You say getting your body ready. Do you have to get your mind ready, too, in a sense at all, just to say, hey, this is golf, I can play in this, yeah, it's a little hot, and not let it be a distraction? Absolutely, yeah. Um, I think the biggest thing I've kind of learned over my four years in college, and one thing I really learned last year at NCAAs was, like, it's just golf. It's not. It's just another round. It's no different than just another round. It's just entry. There's, hey, there's more ropes and there's more scoreboards and more people out there watching, but it's still about execution and doing your same process every time. That's something we talk about a lot, and it's something I've done a really good job of this spring season. Hey, Carson, when you're in this championship level, and then, of course, uh, last week with the regionals, at that point when you're by yourself and the, and the team is done, does Coach Rehorn walk with you? Is that how they'll allow that? Is that what happens in championship rounds? Uh, yeah, so uh, Coach Rehorn and Coach uh, Goldman are out there. Um, they can pretty much help us throughout the whole round, like, everything except for carrying our bag, pretty much. They're helping mm-hmm. us make the right decisions, helping us get the correct numbers and the right shots. And um, they kind of let trust me to do my own thing. They're not with me too, uh, too often. And so when Coach Rehan was walking with the last four holes, I kind of knew um, I was in a good position to kind of have the opportunity to go uh, to Greyhawk. So um, I wasn't exactly sure what I said, but that was kind of a sign for me that said, hey, let's make a couple birdies here um, and let's just see what happens. And how familiar are you with Greyhawk? How often do, do you like the course? Tell us about that. Um. The only experience I had with it was the four rounds we played last year um, at NCAAs. And it's, it'll be firm and fast. Um, it's, it's a tough test. Um, it's, it kind of takes driver out of your hands. I remember I hit a lot of two irons last year. And really the biggest thing is if you're coming in from the fairway, you do have some opportunities to score. But it is very difficult um, to kind of hold greens uh, from the rough. Um, it was, the rough's pretty long and thick out there. And it'll be, I'll be 
getting a little sneak peek of it this week. Uh, the women's NCAAs is going on. The final round of stroke plays today out there. So get a little sneak peek of that and then uh, practice round on Thursday. Carson Berry with us for a couple of more minutes just ahead of Melanie Newman, voice of the Baltimore Orioles on Adley Rutschman's debut over the weekend. Carson, in the playoff, Coach Rehorn said to get to the opportunity to advance, he said you hit, quote, perfect shots, unquote. Did you, did you kind of feel like, hey, this is a fresh start, a clean slate? How were holes picked out? Were those good holes for your game that were selected for the playoff? Um, yeah, I would say they were, they were good holes for me. Um, I'm longer than average, I would say, in college golf. And the first playoff hole is kind of the fairway bunker up the left side that really I hadn't really been thinking about all week. And I just kind of blustered a good drive down there. And then I, I was honestly pretty surprised that all three of my playing competitors were in there in that fairway bunker. And so it really did set up a good advance for me from there. Um, and I hit a perfect nine iron there. Had a good putt, just left it short. And then went to the next playoff hole. I was really hitting driver great, so I just trust myself. And ripped the drive down there. It probably went like 50 yards farther than it, I had in regulation. Uh, definitely had some adrenaline nerves going and was luckily able to get through. Congratulations on it, Carson. We look forward to seeing you and Coach Rehorn. I hope you can make your way into the booth at uh, Scottsdale Stadium ahead of your own participation in the national championships, watching the Beavers play some baseball. Thanks for taking time for us today. We look forward to seeing you in a couple of days in Scottsdale. Congratulations to you, Carson, and thanks for joining us. Absolutely. Thank you so much, and thank you for having me. We'll see you soon. Carson Berry, on to the Nationals. We take a very quick break, regroup, and come back with one of the voices of the Baltimore Orioles, Melanie Newman, on Adley's debut, and we'll hear her call next on 1240 Joe Radio. When a restaurant has been around for as long as Tommy's 4th Street Bar and Grill, it says a lot. It says the food is good, and that's a fun place to go. At Tommy's, they serve breakfast anytime, plus lunch and dinner seven days a week. There's a lounge with a full bar, pool tables, and all your favorite Oregon lottery games. Ask about Tommy's famous Beaver Buster breakfast. If you can eat it all in an hour, it's free. And for special events, Tommy's has a large banquet room downstairs. For good food and fun times, stop by Tommy's 4th Street Bar and Grill on 4th Street in downtown Corvallis. It's back, the popular Friday night prime rib dinner at Tristine Tree Golf Course. Every Friday night throughout the summer, enjoy delicious prime rib dinner at the tree. You can dine inside or outside on their newly remodeled patio overlooking the course. Other dinner options include salmon or steak and shrimp. For reservations, call the Tristine Tree Pro Shop at 713-4653. That's 713-4653. Prime rib Friday night dinners are back at Tristine Tree Golf Course. See you there. Here at locally owned and operated Alirica Networks, we use the same service you do, so you can be rest assured that you're getting the very best internet service, whether for home, business, or enterprise. At Alirica, we make sure that each of our valued customers gets the plan that best fits their needs. So whether you require basic service or faster speeds for gaming or HD video streaming, we will make sure to match you with the plan that works best for your home or business. Alirica Networks always goes the extra mile. Give us a call or find out more at Alirica.net. Long look in for Garza. Mejia has sent several signs. They find one. 2-2. Rutschman, a drive out to right field. This one heading down. It's a fair ball! Adley Motors around second! 
He's gonna go to third. Adley Rutschman, welcome to the big leagues. A stand-up triple. Can you believe it? And the mark of a tremendous broadcaster letting the moment breathe after the call. Yes. And John, I've got to tell you, Dave, our our great Orioles fan who goes back to the days of the baby birds in 1960. Dave from Tumwater, Washington, has said he's not been as excited about Orioles baseball since those days with the baby birds in 60. And he said, you'll love Melanie's call. I waited purposefully until we would have an opportunity to visit with her. And it gave me the proverbial chills just listening to that sweet moment in time for our own Adley Rutschman and Melanie Newman's outstanding call. And she's kind enough to join us here on the Joe Beaver Show today out here in the Mid-Valley in Adley's home state of Oregon, the Beaver State, as Melanie well knows. Melanie, congratulations to you on that great call. You're part in a historic moment. Thanks for taking time and a lot of things we want to talk to you about. But when you hear yourself make a call, that gave me chills, so a great call, you hit it just right. But what was it like to be part of that moment in the weekend for Adley Rutschman? It it was just... It's so hard still to put into words. You know, I came up through the minor leagues, and some of my favorite moments were if if the timing worked out and one of our kids got the call and, you know, we had a day off and we were all able to go up to the, the big league stadium and watch him make his debut. And uh, I, I know what it took for Adley to get here. You know, I'm sure a lot of people think he skated his way up there, but I sat at a few minor league games with mom and dad, and, uh, you know, what a great family that he comes from, first and foremost. But uh, I, I joked. I, I was on my way back from calling the Friday night game, the Pirates and Cardinals, and I had just gotten to the airport, and my phone buzzed, and it said uh, the Orioles have made a roster move, and I thought, oh, we're, we're shipping pitchers around again. And Adley's name was there, and, and it just kind of makes you stop. And I was trying to get it together so we could, you know, release this on Twitter and share the news. We were jumping around. Some of my cameramen are also from Baltimore. And so we came up to them and they couldn't believe it. Um, but sitting in the stadium that night and, and getting to give the Rutschman's a hug and watching him step in, it was so different from any other debut that I've ever been so fortunate to be a part of. And I joked with my radio partner, Scott Garceau, that he was going to get all of Adley's at bats because of course we, we alternate innings and both of my innings, Adley would have been the next up, and, you know, they make an out. He's not there. So, sure enough, he comes back around, and maybe I should have called Brett Phillips going for the ball, but there was just something about it once it was in play. The, the crowd, they, were, they did not sit down once when he was at the plate. Um, and, and so it was just getting caught up in, in how loud it was and, and the emotion as he went from first to second and reminding myself to acknowledge that he was rounding second. Um, and like you said, just laying out and letting it breathe. And it, it got me a little choked up. I mean, it, it, it was the biggest triple I've seen since Archie Bradley tripled for the Diamondbacks in the wild card, you know, years ago. Um, but, but no one more deserving than, than a kid like him. That is so well put, Melanie. Melanie Newman, who called Adley's, First major league hit on the Orioles radio network, the triple. What a sweet moment it was. You had also said, according to uh, our correspondent Dave from Tumwater, Washington, who listens to all of the Orioles games, a huge fan, but he said you said something to the effect of 
I hope everybody is kind to Adley. And if any, if he strikes out or if things don't go well, he's such a nice young man, has such a great family. So you were sensitive, sort of, to all of this sense of expectation. And people think, is he going to come up and hit four homers in his debut? Yet, you, <laughs> baseball doesn't work that way, but you seem to have a sense of appreciation <coughs> for the kind of young man he is and the family that that he's from. Well, look, 100%. And again, that just goes back to my roots of living on the buses and the bad hotels and the bad food with these guys. And, and you connect to them on a human level. You know, you, you take it away from that flashy showmanship of they're just an athlete because none of them are, are just athletes. There, there's a lot more to be said. Um, but it does go a step further when they also are phenomenal human beings and they're kind and they're part of a team. They don't just play for themselves. It, it adds to that willingness to want the best for them. But also, the it's like you said, the realistic expectation that nobody shows up and just blows everybody out of the water until the end of their career. I mean, you can look at a guy like Stephen Kwan this year. We thought he would never play into an out the way that his season started, and, and I think he's batting 211 right now. And, um, you know, you, you fans can kind of forget that sometimes, how hard it is to be in a game that is built on failure. I mean, 300, that's 30%. That's a good thing yeah. in our sport. Um, and, and I have no doubt that Adley will figure things out, but we also should just always remember that each and every one, particularly with how young the Orioles are, they're going to have some growing pains from time to time. There's, But there's this need by a fan base, especially after so many years of losing, to have their number one guy be a savior. Uh, and, and he can't. And, and you explained it very well, Melanie Newman, our guest here on the Joe Beaver Show. I love the way that he took in when he first came out to get behind the plate, the way he took in and spun around and looked at the fans. That was a special moment. And he also switch hit. He hit from both sides of the plate that night, which fans can get excited about, right? Absolutely. And, you know, it just adds another dimension to the lineup as well for Brandon Hyde. He doesn't really have to worry about, you know, who the opposing starter is when it comes to whether or not they'll start Adley, where, you know, to begin the season, and hats off to Anthony Boom, who, of course, had to step down to give Adley that space, and he had a fantastic final game before he was ultimately set down, but he got that spot because he was a lefty, and we really needed to at least have one lefty option, and Adley gives you both, um, and, and I think that's too. That's why you're not going to probably see him starting off catching six days a week. Hyde mentioned this. You know, he's, he's going to have some time as a designated hitter as well, possibly a little bit at first, but you've also got Ryan Mountcastle and Trey Mancini who have done such a good job over there, and if anything, you know, a DH day for Adley is going to give him a day off of his feet. And we know that catchers, more than anybody, uh, they get beat up pretty bad back there. But it gives him a chance to stay fresh. He keeps the bat in the lineup. And uh, also rare to, to want that. You know, a catcher who has such a good bat, that that's a priority. But here we are with just uh, a stellar selection. Melanie Newman, our guest. Melanie, so much attention is paid to offense and to at-bats. I have not seen or heard comment per se, I haven't taken that deep of a dive on what anyone has said about how he received and threw his receiving skills and so on. Did you probe that at all? Did did the manager Hyde talk about that or any of the pitchers? Hey, he's a big leaguer right now handling handling uh, pitching. Did you get any sense of that this weekend? Yeah, no, and that's been something that's been discussed truly since Adley was first drafted. Um was, was his play-calling ability. And he's spoken about that a lot, especially his time at Oregon State and 
the growth that he's had from there. He adjusts to the pitchcom system absolutely beautifully. He has no issue with that at all. And I think it's a benefit, too, that he's kind of been in the middle. He's not a kid who's only used to the young Orioles who might still be in the minor leagues. He does know those guys. So his first game catching Kyle Bradish, and he caught Kyle in the minors. Um, but at the same time, <laughs> excuse me, because of his big league and the time there, he's used to guys like John Means. He's used to the veterans. He knows both sides of what's coming up, and the communication he brings is so smooth and thought out. I mean, it's a work of art to watch him communicate with almost not saying anything. You know, one of the things, too, that he always did here at Oregon State that he brought to the major league level is meeting the pitcher coming off and and almost, you know, the Magic Johnson in his first game as a Laker hugs Kareem Abdul-Jabbar after a regular season win. And there were people saying, hey, kid, Magic, we got 81 more of these. Settle down (laughs) because he's just exuberant and enjoying it. But Adley's always done that. He told us when he was here that's something he always did, carries that on in the major league level. How did that play? Because that's a little different uh, than what we usually see. You know it is. And and for Adley, though, that's part of his communication. And it might not always be a celebration or a moment to be downturned, but instead it, it reminds me of guys like Yadier Molina. Um, and, and Yadi doesn't always meet the pitcher, but it's the fact that so many of his battery mates have talked about that they, they can read Yachty before he puts down a finger because, of course, they, they still call it old school. Um, he just goes above and beyond to make sure that he's almost on this ESP level with you know whoever his pitcher is, and Adley gives that. Uh, and I, I so encourage fans to go back and look at the Orioles game yesterday against the Rays because watching his emotions, and then even the day before, watching his emotions again, um, you see those innings where it's, you know, hey, sorry about this pitch, or I wanted this here, and let's do this next time. But then guys like Cionel Perez in extra innings, and Adley coming up to him because this kid has thrown three of the last four days. He's absolutely gassed, and he shuts down somebody like the Rays. And Adley can't contain it, and they want that there. We talked to manager Brandon Hyde several times last year about this. He has been so wanting somebody in that dugout to be loud to be the guy who's yelling and bringing it. And what I love most is Adley talks about that in college and, and how he kind of misses that. He misses that in college, those dugouts get loud. They cheer for the home runs. They cheer for the big strikeouts. And I think he's, he's unabashed to bring that to this level. He has no shame, and he shouldn't, to, to be able to bring a little bit of that up here, that noise. And when you combine it with some of the other guys, like Rubnet Odor, who's got a little bit of that grit to mix in with it, it's, it's going to be something really special, but this is a kid who, for so many intangibles, is going to do so many good things. In a year where the Orioles pitching has already been a great surprise, he just he's bringing something extra that's going to take it to an even higher level. And one thing you'll learn, Melanie, over the time that you spend calling his games and covering him in, in interviews and maybe even traveling is that he's actually a very quiet, shy guy to everyone else. He's you know, very outward and gregarious and, and, and doing all of what we're talking about on the field with his teammates, but off the, you know, off to the side and when talking with media and stuff, he'll, he'll do what he's going to do, but he is a very quiet, shy guy, which, uh, unless that's changed since he's, yeah, and that may have yeah. changed, but he was very quiet <laughs> while here. Um, a couple of nuggets. I'm sure you already know, but if not, there's some nuggets that you got to work in maybe when you've got the <laughs> long broadcast, he holds the state of Oregon, 
uh, field goal record at 63 yards. <laughs> and that was brought up game one. Okay. And, guys, I have to tell you, really, it's it because did. he had the 63-yarder. And, of course, last year, Justin Tucker with the Ravens, had that magnificent 66-yarder. So that was a game one of, hey, you know, if they need him, he can walk right across the street to M&T, and he can hang with Justin Tucker. And I'm sure his family, and we've known this, we we don't just say this because we rave about Adley Rushman. I was saying this literally because of going back to working in McMinnville many years ago before he was ever even born, how nice the family is. And his, his grandfather, Ad Rutschman, is one of the nicest human beings I've ever worked with as, at the time, athletic director at Linfield, longtime Linfield football coach, and won a national championship as a baseball coach and football coach, several there, as uh, two different sports in small college football. So a little something there, but just so nice, and that filtered all the way down to Adley and the rest of the family. Yeah, and, and that's really the key. Um, I, I don't live too far away from our AA affiliate here in Maryland. We're lucky that most of our minor league affiliates are actually in the state. So off days last year, I would go to Bowie, and I would watch Adley, and, and Mom and Dad were there for several of those games and um, picked me out right away and, and came up and said hello. And I, I really had thought his dad was a scout at first because he fits the billing. So it doesn't surprise me that he had such a, a good athletic pedigree that he came from, but some of the most inviting and, and warm people that I've ever met. And it just didn't surprise me at all that Adley is as good of a human being as he is to know the two of them. Um, and, and you can see how clearly they've raised both he and his sister, Josie. But that was what I was the most excited for, honestly, was knowing that his debut day, I'd be able to go just give them a hug and, and you know they, tell them they've made it and, and welcome them and congratulate them. Um, but you also look, you know, a step past what Randy was able to do. And you mentioned ad, and that was kind of something else that we followed up on is the fact that he is following a grandfather who is in what, at least three hall of fames. I, I mean, this man is just this larger than life presence. And I did have to laugh a little bit that he tried to call his grandfather to let him know, but he was already asleep because he didn't find out until the Orioles had won. And of course that was a, a late extra inning thriller for them um but hopefully he's able to to see a game soon in person and i I just know it means the world to that family because they they have been following him from spot to spot just watching and and such a great thing too is the fact that he follows a legacy of a guy like matt weeders and and he was such a kind person and he debuted actually on weeders birthday which was a good laugh for all of us but i know the weeders family and the rutchman family they were able to connect with each other and they just they shared some tips with the Rutschmans on what to expect and how to handle all of the hype and the attention and everything that comes with it. And uh, I, I really think that they are primed to enjoy his career in yet another orange and black uniform. Yeah, that's a that's nice that that theme continues. Last couple of things with one of the voices of the Baltimore Orioles, Melanie Newman. We have been talking about Adley and his debut. Melanie's own story is fascinating. We, we're just not going to have time to explore it today, but. I hope we can perhaps further down the road when Ad Grandpa would come to ball games during Adley's days here at Oregon State. It was like royalty in the stands. An athlete, the mm-hmm. people that would come up to him, how he would receive. I mean, just people constantly making a trail to talk, just to talk to him. He's influenced so many people, and it's clear that that, as you said, all of that has trickled down into into Randy and in the rest of the kids and the whole family into Adley. 
He didn't come, from what I hear, I don't know if you knew this or if you were informed of this, Melanie, but Ad himself was not able to come to the debut because he, was, he had made a commitment to speak at a graduation ceremony in Crane, Oregon, which is a population of about 180 people. But Ad was asked to speak at this graduation and did, and thus was not able to attend his grandson's debut in person. But that says it all about the Rutschman family, too. I think that, that here's a guy... Uh, who's followed his grandson, you know, Adley's entire life, and yet a commitment here in Crane, Oregon, and there he was uh, on Saturday. And, and you know, we knew that Ad wasn't able to be there for the debut. Um, I don't think we got into why, but just to know that background in itself, that he had a previous commitment, it just doesn't surprise me. It, it really doesn't. I mean, the little bit that I've gotten to know this family, um, that, that says it all right there. You know, they're upstanding. They, they hold up to their responsibilities, even when... It may not be the most fun selection that you're you're wanting to hold up to at that time, but they really stand out. And encouraging, too, um, and for those that haven't read it, Dan Connolly, who is the Orioles beat writer for The Athletic, if you ever wanted to use that seven-day free trial, he did yes. a, a great piece on Adley a couple years ago that, of course, has resurfaced now. And I, I just think it's so insightful and really big for anybody, whether they're in Oregon or in Baltimore and they're wanting to follow who Adley is and understand him. Um, it, it just goes through such great lengths to really capture him as a person. Melanie, the last thing, and this is something that I hope will be a precursor to a further conversation about your own journey. You've alluded to travel riding on the buses and working in the minor leagues and summer league collegiate baseball and all the things you've done quickly, kind of packed a lot in after leaving Troy University in Alabama and finding your path and your voice, and working in the major leagues, and did a broadcast with Jessica Mendoza on ESPN last year, the first all-female broadcast team, Dodgers, Padres, you and Jessica, and Jessica's been kind enough to join us. She lives in Bend, and, and we've had her on the show several times, Bend, Oregon. I, I wanted to, if you don't mind, closing with a thought about your own sense of your family and gratefulness. I'm, I'm still sure that it's, it must be difficult to get your mind around losing your father, but in reading an article about you and your father, Mike, and going to Auburn football games with your sister as you grew up and kind of getting that, that sport, the love of sport and the bug and asking questions of your father, what does all of this mean to you now where you are sitting in the seat you're in and his influence on your life? I mean, it's everything, and, and it's so funny because I think a lot of people saw when I got this job um, that I had been in the Carolina League, and all of a sudden I was in the big leagues like a new Lelouch, and uh, it, it just wasn't the case. You know, this was something I started working in baseball when I was 14 years old, and uh, the broadcasting of the sport started in 2010, and I didn't crack the big leagues until 2020, and, and by a player's standard, that's a little bit of a failure. Uh, but, you know, in broadcasting terms, it, it is pretty quick. And I've been very fortunate in my life that, you, you know, you mentioned my dad and the impact that he had. And our mom was always so encouraging of it as well. But, yeah, it's, it's dad. He was just always so hands-on with the game and, and with our reception of it and, and treating us the way that really anybody who wants to be involved in the sport should be treated. But, um, that, that's why days like this last week and, and going from calling the Nolan Gorman debut to Adley the very next day and having walk-offs in these, these little moments um, to, to really reflect on, that's, that's everything. You know, it's, it's why my parents sacrificed 
seeing me for birthdays and holidays and funerals and uh, every every little thing in between and being gone for huge stretches at a time, not making any money for a, a decade, really, um, but but doing just enough to get by and, and to pay my own bills. Um, it's it's never where I thought I would be, but it's it's everywhere that I needed to be, truly. Well, congratulations on everything that's happened for you. The 2021 Ballpark Digest MLB Broadcaster of the Year last year and getting to continue to do what you do. I know you you, you count it a privilege and an honor, but you've worked hard to get to where you are. I hope, Melanie, we can do this again down the road, maybe after Adley is tearing it up or not, whatever the case may be. <laughs> but I hope we can talk again uh, in the future. We really appreciate you taking time for us out here back in Adley's home state. Absolutely. You know, we'll, we'll do a call when he uh, upsets everybody for Rookie of the Year. <laughs> I like it, Melanie. Thank you so much for your time. What's next now? I haven't even looked ahead to the Orioles' schedule. What do you got coming up? So the Orioles are on the road this week. They're in New York playing the Yankees, and then they'll go to Boston for the Red Sox. Now, we're still not traveling. Oh, so really? The, hmm. the Yankees will be remote for us. Okay. Um, but I will be there Friday for the Red Sox game because that is the Apple TV game of the week, and that's my, my secondary contract is ah. all of their games. So. Okay. I will get to calm there, and then uh, I'll be a fan in the stands for once on Saturday to, to watch them take them on in a doubleheader. Excellent. Melanie, thank you again. Uh, congratulations to you. Thanks for reflecting on the big weekend for our own Adley Rutschman, now Baltimore's own. We appreciate it. Hope we can talk to you down the road. Thank you, guys. Take this one and celebrate it. Yeah, we will. Thanks, Melanie. Melanie Newman, one of the voices of the Orioles as we wrap up our number one. Coming up. Daniel Robertson talking about his year with the Beavs in 08 and how that launched him into a rise from seeming obscurity to make it to the major league level in his own right. He's a tremendous story and inspiring. 1240, speaking of great stories and inspiring, Mariah Maison from the Oregon State Super Regional Bound softball team. Melanie is impressive, John. In, in her own story, one of the things that... <laughs> That just one of the things I want to explore a little bit. We talk about movies a lot here. She referenced Bull Durham and Nuke Lelouch indirectly. A movie turned her kind of own mentality around about herself in terms of giving her the, the confidence. She was kind of shy and introverted. She saw a movie with Sandra Bullock, which I've never seen, but I hear is okay, called Miss Congeniality. Have you ever seen it? I hadn't until about two weeks ago for the first Was time. Was it okay? Yeah. Okay. It, it, it affected her, and she got. She started, Mom, can I do some pageants? And doing pageants and speaking and needing to speak, and the question, who would you most like to invite to dinner? Usually it's Eleanor Roosevelt or somebody. She said, Bo Jackson, in <laughs> honor of her father. We'll talk more about that with her down the road. Roll tape, please. Here's the microphone. This is KEJO Corvallis. Everybody hear me? We're on in five. And QID. 1240 Joe Radio.
I'm Jim Cheskel with your money now. Electronic Arts is apparently seeking a buyer. Reports indicate the video game maker has held talks about that prospect with Disney, Apple, and Amazon, among others recently. Shares of EA are up two and three quarter percent on the news. Stocks are broadly and sharply higher overall today. The S&P 500 up 70 points. The Dow Jones Industrials jumping 640 or two percent. And the Nasdaq Composite has added 167 or one and a half percent. Not all stocks are taking part in today's strong rebound. Of course, shares of Gap are sliding 4%. This after Citi downgraded that and other apparel chains in the wake of several disappointing earnings reports from various retailers recently. Stock of Children's Place is down 3%. The average price of regular grade gasoline spiked 33 cents over the past two weeks to $4.71 a gallon. Industry analyst Trilby Lundberg says the price jump comes amid higher crude prices, costs, and tight gasoline supply. That's your money now. Hi, Tom Bodette here. Just thinking about how people all talk to cats the same way. You know, that calming voice, those floofers pretend they can't hear, all cute and standoffish. It does get their motors purring, though. Let's see if it sounds like catnip to your ears when I say, Pet stay free at Motel 6 in rooms that are more comfy than a box full of yarn. Do you like that, people, people, people? <laughs> Tom Bodette for Motel 6, the proud sponsor of pets, and we'll leave the laser light on for you. 99 out of 100 times, kid goes missing. Kid is with a parent or relative. What about the other time? The one. The global phenomenon. That turned the world upside down. She's our friend and she's crazy. Finally returns. I don't have my powers. On May 27th. I'm afraid your friends at Hawkins are very much in the eye of the storm. Get ready for the summer's most anticipated event. Bada, bada, bada. See you on the other side. On the other side. Stranger Things, season four, volume one. 2022 is for Can-Am Off-Road Living. Farming is a marathon, not a sprint, and our Can-Am Defender is in it for the long haul. Travel less and carry more with the longest and highest capacity tray in the industry. And with the lowest service intervals in the market, you can put more time back into your important stuff. A farmer's work never ends, so let Can-Am Defender help lighten the load. Get your new Can-Am Defender at Power Motorsports in Sublimity. Online at powermotorsports.com. Locally owned and operated for over 30 years, people in the Mid-Valley have been going to Corvallis Floor Covering. They thank their many friends and customers for your continued support and look forward to working with you on your next remodeling project. Browse through their large showroom with a beautiful selection of carpet, countertops, sheet vinyl, linoleum, tile, hard surface floors, and window coverings from all the popular brands. Corvallis Floor Covering, corner of 2nd and Van Buren downtown, or log on to CorvallisFloorCovering.com. Shop local. Shop Corvallis Floor covering and go beeves i'm dennis silvers the golf guru with another golf minute to help get you out of wet sandy beaches one important thing to remember about bunkers is that the texture of sand can vary from bunker to bunker and one of the toughest situations for amateurs to handle is when your ball is sitting in firm wet sand Here's some help. First, you might want to think about using your pitching wedge for this shot because it has a sharper leading edge, which is better suited to digging into this type surface. Close the club face slightly to dress to help the club penetrate the sand and slide under the ball. Make a longer than normal backswing and swing into the ball with a controlled downswing using an abbreviated follow through after hitting the ball. The club head should dig quickly into the sand and pop the ball out with some backspin. So remember, learn to make adjustments when hitting from wet pack sand. You want to get the ball out, not just make sand castles. 
for the Golf Minute. I'm Dennis Silvers. Here at Total Wine and More, you'll find what you love and love what you find, especially our totally low prices. That rosé you recommended was a hit. What should we try for more fun in the sun this weekend? This silver tequila makes a refreshing tequila sunrise. (laughs) Perfect. Wow, that price is refreshing too. Find what you love, love what you find. Only at Total Wine and More. Pickup and delivery available at TotalWine.com. Drink responsibly, B21. At the United States Postal Service, we deliver packages fast and affordably so you can give your customers what they want when they need it. We're delivering for one-stop shops, mom and pops, pop-ups, startups, retail, wholesale, large-scale, small biz, big box, customers, customizers. So no matter what business you're in, we'll always be delivering for you. USPS, delivering for America. Learn more at usps.com slash delivering. 1240 Joe Radio welcomes you back for another edition of the Joe Beaver Show, where, as always, we accommodate all manner of inquiry. I'd like to ask you one question. Go ahead. You think that girls think less of a boy if he lets himself be kissed? With your host, Doc Parker. You better do your research, Parker. Doc Parker, reinventing the art of play-by-play. The boys are back in the field. They're lined up, and there they go. Ending in a price inning. No runs, no errors, but plenty of hits. And John Warren. Bravest, kindest, warmest, most wonderful human being I've ever known in my life. Friend of mine. Anybody can help me. He can! Mike and John deliver a daily message to the BCF. And you have meddled with the primal forces of nature. And you will atone. And they keep a close eye on the happenings in Westwood. They accuse me of chicanery. I'm a stranger in these parts and unacquainted with the rules. Where can I purchase a book? But above all, there's always a game. Games? Must we? Tune in on the radio if you want to see how the game's going along. <laughs> Mike Riley is tuned in. John? I heard you on the radio. All the time. Do you like the show, Coach? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on, Doc. We better be going. Okay. Come on, you palooka. Stop stalling. It's the Joe Beaver Show on 1240 Joe Radio. Indeed it is as we move into the second hour. Our thanks to Ron Callen, Carson Berry, and Melanie Newman, a voice of the Baltimore Orioles at the major league level. You could tell that Melanie appreciates Adley's debut, the debuts of others that she's been able to see and call and how special those moments are. Our next guest had his own moment in 2014, making his major league debut with the Texas Rangers, then going on to play Major League Baseball with the L.A. Angels, Seattle, Cleveland. He's now a coach in the Cleveland system. And a former Beaver, one year with the Beavs, but a memorable year and I think an important one in the place of Oregon State in Daniel Robertson's life, both with his degree, which we'll talk about too, his current uh, job with the Guardians, his summer up the road in Salem-Kaiser, how it all kind of blends and fills together to to put Daniel Robertson in the position that he's in in the great game of baseball. And one of the great guys we've ever got to know through the program at Oregon State through the years, a memorable 2008 campaign. Daniel Robertson joins us. Daniel, good afternoon. How are you? Yeah, I'm doing great, Mike. How are you doing? Well, we're good and glad to have you on. A lot of things we want to explore here, but we just talked to 
Melanie Newman, one of the radio voices of the Baltimore Orioles, who reflected on Adley's debut over the weekend. I know you, all of Beaver Nation, proud of that and proud of him and so excited that the time has finally come. But I wanted if, if we could begin with your own reflections. We'll work back to Oregon State a little bit. But six years after you were drafted in the 33rd <laughs> round, you ascend to the major leagues and make a debut with Texas in 2014. We've talked about it before on this show, but take us back to that and just what that whole call-up and moment and going to the big leagues was like for you. You know, there's a, there's a lot that goes into it because obviously the road is so long and you're trying to stay focused on the things that you need to do and the things that you need to take care of and the preparation that goes on to put you in that situation so that way when you do get the opportunity, you know, you don't waste it. And I think something that I look back on and I remember um, in the process was when I got on the field and we were at home and it was the ballpark in Arlington and it was the park that I had seen in the movie The Rookie. And I just, re- I, I thought it was a special moment when Adley made his debut and he, before he put his catcher's mask on, he looked around, you know, he looked into the third deck at what everyone tells you that the game's different when you got the third deck. And I just remember myself at second base, um, someone had told me, you know, you got to kind of be an ostrich. You got to stick your head in the sand and keep working. And then next thing you know, when you pull your head out, the bright lights will let you know that you're right where you want to be. And I remember the first moment that I had after it was like a balls in coming down sort of situation. I was throwing the ball to, to Prince Fielder at first base. So I grew up watching and I had my moment where I caught the ball and flipped it to Ellis Andrews and looked around and just took in the scenery and took in all the realities that are actually taking place as opposed to before you get there, all you're doing is imagining, Mike. You're imagining what the smell might be like, what the sounds might be like, what the popcorn vendors are yelling out, what the beer vendors are yelling out of your childhood going to games. And so it's a, I just can't imagine that moment for him, but I think watching him take that moment, that's really what you remember from, that's what I remember from my debut, the moment that I stepped on the field. Hi, Daniel. It's John here with Mike. So, there's a there 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 would be two things you're dealing with one would imagine on a debut like that and that is taking it all in the excitement the the giddiness of making it but then you could snap back into the expectation which then becomes pressure did you experience that when you were on the field for the first time or maybe even in the locker room getting ready to go out I think it was really funny because I would say yes, but I would also say no, because I think the game demands what the game demands. I think media, outside pressure, those things, you know, they're what make the game grow. And in a way, they're not really the things that you think about when you're on the field. You're really trying to make sure you're prepared for what the game is going to present you with. And I remember probably two pitches in, the first batter gets out, second batter hits a, a rocket to my right, and I got to dive and I kind of landed awkwardly, and it knocked my glove off, and I barehanded it and threw to first, and Prince couldn't pick it. And I remember the guy didn't go to second, but I remember thinking in my mind, well, that sure sped up quickly. <laughs> 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 so in reality, you're, just, you're playing a game like, like anything else. You know, I think when you're a kid and you enjoy to play video games or you enjoy to play Monopoly or whatever board games kids play these days or – 
or even grownups for that matter, baseball is still baseball. It's a game. It has strategy. And you're trying to find your way in to learn that strategy at the against the best in the world because the pace is faster, the speed is faster. And even though you're prepared and even though you think you're ready mentally, the game is still going to test you and it's going to push you and it's going to pry to try to find all those areas that you're not prepared in. And I think that's what makes the game so beautiful is there's so many different factors of where you need to elevate your game. And I think for Adley's, on Adley's side, he's going to get to learn those. And it's been it's such a blessing to, to be a bees and to see now what it's 2008. I was there and 14 years later and closing the book on mine and going back and spending time with all the players that I've been able to get to know and, and meet and learn and have conversations with and Trevor Larnick a couple of years ago and Steve, uh, Stephen Kwan this year. I mean, being a part of the guardian organization and seeing him in his first big league camp a non-roster invite and then breaking with the club, you know, it's a special moment. And, and I'm just really grateful to develop the relationships that I've developed with Mike and, and all of you that we keep developing each and every year because the game gets better and better and the Beaver family gets bigger and bigger. Daniel Robertson, uh, just one year at Oregon State, but has been since and always remained a big part of the Beaver family. Daniel, take us back a little bit to how it happened. I know it's area and territory we've covered, but I want to try to get <laughs> to your, your your story a bit and, and bringing it up to date where you are now as a coach in the Guardians organization. You're at Concordia University in Southern California, yep. and, and here you are. Now, I mean, how did you end up here? You had the one year but how big of a piece was all of that to come here to play one year for Coach Casey in this program? What has that meant to your life? I, I feel like it changed my life mentally uh, because everybody that I tell the story since, I don't really understand the power of my story, and maybe I still don't. <laughs> maybe I never will. I don't know. Um, but the one thing it did for me was I spent three years at a school where I was extremely blessed and fortunate um, to get an opportunity to play as an undersized outfielder, um, an undersized hitter, and you know a lot of people that didn't think that I could play the game at a high level. And a man by the name of Tony Barbone gives me a shot. Long, long story short, he coached at at a, a Zeus Pacific, who played George Fox a lot because they were both NAI schools, and Coach Casey was the coach at that school at the time, and they developed a working relationship. So when Tony called. Pat Casey to let him know a little bit more about me. He kind of peeled the layers off the hood because I was playing with Mark Gerbevec in the Northwoods League for the Green Bay Bullfrogs in their first season. And he was my roommate on the road, and he kept sharing all the videos of Wallace to Barney to Canham. He showed me all the shoes. He showed me everything. And I loved it. It was great, but by no means did I think that I was ever going to don the orange and black. And I remember he kept going and going and going. And finally, after a month and a half, I just snapped on him one day on the bus. And I said, if you can get Coach Pat Casey to call me and tell me the things that you're telling me, maybe I'll give it a thought. <laughs> and, and lo and behold, a week later, Robertson, Pat Casey, Oregon State University, and I was speechless. I didn't, I didn't know what to say. <laughs> I, had, I had no words in my mouth. Um, and Gerby and I have, have kept in contact. We, we see each other in occasional alumni events, but I reach out to him on occasion. And Coach Case finally shared with me the story of what it was that Gerby actually told him about me. And I thought it was a, a very 
a very high compliment when he compared me to Tyler Graham, and I know how how welcoming he is of the program and how much of an impact he had on the program. So for someone to go to that length who had only known me for a couple months and the, the way that I played the game to stick up for me like that, that's what brought me to Oregon State. And when I walked on, it probably wasn't a smart idea to forego your senior year at the school that you've been a three-time All-American at, but I wanted to play in a College World Series and I wanted to impact a dream that I had had as a little kid watching it was, I think it was either the last year of Omaha or the second to last year of Omaha. And so being a kid that watched every college world series and watched the LSU walk off and watched numerous big leaguers go through those time, those, that time and place of that old stadium with Carlos Quentin at Stanford and then playing with him in the San Diego Padres organization when he would rehab and getting to know him, it's, it's brought everything full circle for me. So making that jump, it, it did things for my mental game that I could never ever describe because it, it was, it was a wild chance. It was probably not the smartest play. If, if I would have got cut, I would have had nowhere to play and my baseball career might've been over, but coach case saw something in me and he continued to pour into me. And I'm just forever grateful that the, the mental fortitude that I was able to build through that process. Daniel, we, we've got just a few more minutes remaining. You had a big year with the Beavs, hitting 327 in that 2008 season, and you were a huge contributor to a club that came up just short to try to get to postseason play. But now, let's jump ahead. After you made your major league debut, working your way through the minors and kept grinding and working on your game, you get to the big leagues. When you get with the L.A. Angels, you made a decision to enroll and finish your degree through the Oregon State University eCampus to get your degree online. What led you to that decision, and how were you able to manage all of that, the demands of big league baseball and life in baseball, <laughs> and finishing your degree in the eCampus? Yeah, I mean, it was demanding, but, you know, I never did it dur- during the year. The only overlap I had was the winter term in spring training. So that was a grind. You know, you're waking up at 530, you're going in and working out, and you're going through the whole day. And then you're coming home and, and you're doing homework and you're trying to get the reading done that you need to get done, even though you have about as much energy as none, you know, the cat that lays around your house. So it was a struggle at times. But then once I fell into the routine of it, it, it became manageable. And I just kept doing it and doing it and doing it. And then obviously showing back up as an undergrad in 2020 and being able to finish, I think it was just icing on the cake for – for the mental fortitude that Oregon state already enlightened me with Um, that feeling when I walked down the steps after I needed to get like, I think I needed a 92 on the last final um, to get a 4.0 and it would have been my second 4.0 in a row. And I had never gotten a 4.0 in college before. And I made the Dean's list the last two. Mm -hmm. And when I came down needing a 92 to get an A in the class, and I think I popped like a 94, I had never felt anything like that. I didn't feel that when I hit a home run (laughs) against the Dodgers in progressive field. I didn't feel that when I got the number called because your body is such a unique thing and it's always growing. Sometimes it grows old where it can't perform it like some of these kids do now. But your mind is always sharp and your mind is always fresh and your mind is always full of youthful energy. And so when I felt that, it really pushed me to find the limits and find what I was meant to do after I was done playing. And that's what led me down to Salem. And that's what leads me here now. 
and with the Guardians organization. Yeah, and we'll close on that just in terms of the impact of getting the degree and what you're able to do now and how you've been able what have you how have you been able to apply all of that online learning and then finishing up actually probably in 20 when you were an undergraduate here for the Beavers but it specifically the OSUE campus does so many things and important things are a sponsor of a lot of the things we do how 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 would that whole experience impact you as a mentor to to as a coach of younger players just in terms of maybe sharing your experience not only as a baseball player but that educational process with them well, there was just so many things that had to go into place. You know, I, I had to take math, and I hadn't taken math in a long time, and I had to go to tutoring, and I was often the oldest guy in the tutoring room, and how that can make you feel emotionally, you know, and uh, having to do projects in classrooms where the kids are obviously all student athletes, and they're much younger than I am, um, and the tasks that they gave me where I had to kind of explore the campus, which I didn't do as a player, going to the engineering department and meeting a guy named Matt Harrison, who I developed a relationship with, who ultimately showed me what the engineering building looks like and the experiments that they do. And not knowing that our engineering uh, had been fresh off a national championship the year before, and they build rockets and they build some of the fastest go-karts and energy efficiency that they create in those go-karts. And it was It was so cool, and that experience leads me to help these young men understand that baseball is not the only thing. Um, Learning about your teammates is important. Learning about where they come from is important. Learning how the game functions and and learning the importance of your role in learning yourself and how to play the game and your strengths, your weaknesses, how to attack your weaknesses, how to be okay with that, and how to be unapologetic about wanting to be good at your craft. I think all those things taught me that. And when I put the icing on the cake as a championship manager with the Campesinos when we went 37-9 in the first year, the relationships that I have with those young men are still today, and and eight of them are in MLB Partner Leagues this year. And it's just awesome. The whole thing has taught me so much, and it just leads me to believe that moving forward in every other venture, I'm going to be able to learn much more and be able to give it back to the next generation of the kids that we get to continue to watch, just like you do, Mike, getting to watch all of us grow up slowly. It's great. (laughs) Daniel, it's been great to see all of that. Your story's been inspirational, tremendous. A quick thought, I know you got to go to another appointment, but a quick thought, as a bench coach in the minor leagues now, that happened perhaps predicated on the success in Salem-Kaiser, as you just alluded to. You had been a, a bench coach in the abbreviated COVID year here in 2020, but now, do you feel like you're on a path that you're excited about where it may take you? Yeah, absolutely. I think the unknown is is the most exciting. Um, I think it, it demands a lot of you. It demands a lot of your time. But, you know, that's before I signed the, the two-year contract with them, I, I made peace with all that. Whatever was going to come with it, I was going to go after it with the best of my ability and, and see what happens and see where it goes because who knows where it's going to go. Um, I mean, I know I've... I want to be in the big leagues. I want to be able to impact the game's best. Um, But I don't know how that's going to happen. I don't know when it's going to shape out. But I do know that currently what I'm doing right now and the role that I'm in with our infielders and and being in charge of their maturation and the maturation of our base runners and just molding young men who who get lots of money but doesn't often come with direction. And it doesn't often come with passion and and desire, and, and those things got to be taught for those young kids, just like Coach Case taught me. I was fortunate enough to go to college, 
Uh, we have the youngest player position group in our in our league, in the Carolina League. And so they need to learn those things. They need to learn work ethic. They need to learn how to work. They need to learn the amount of time spent, how to delegate that time into things that you love. It's not just going to show up. It's not going to just happen. you got to put in the work, but it's often easier said than done, and you got to be patient with them and know that they're going to have their good days and bad days. And I just think everything that I've been able to learn is perfect to help the next generation during a time where instant gratification is so common and, and hard work and blood, sweat, and tears aren't the most popular, you know, you're kind of shunned if you're the hardest worker in the room kind of in today's, today's society. So being unapologetic about wanting to be the best and caring about putting your best foot forward, I think is, is a mission that I want to see if I can see through at the professional level. Daniel, well said. Everything you've talked to us about, we appreciate your time as always. Congratulations on everything that's happened. You are a proud graduate using Oregon State University's outstanding e-campus to great effect, and that's been part of your story and great story that you've been kind enough to share with us today. Thanks for the time. We'll keep following you through your rise in the Guardian system now, a la Stephen Kwan. And your own journey continues. <laughs> Thanks a lot for the time, Daniel. Great to talk to you. Have a good one. I hope we can stay in touch. Absolutely, Mike. You know my number's right there. You give me a call anytime. Thanks, Daniel. That's Daniel Robertson, our guest. And we will continue on the Joe Beaver Show. We'll have a quick break here for some open phones before we connect with Mariah Maison in about 10, 12 minutes on 1240 Joe Radio. Does your financial advisor take the time to really listen to you? Is your financial strategy personalized for you and your family? Will your financial advisor be there as your life and financial situation change? Hi, I'm former Oregon State athlete Tim Ewis, your Corvallis Edward Jones financial advisor. When we work together, we'll focus on what's important to you. We'll use an established process to create a personalized financial strategy backed by the advice, tools, and resources to help you reach your goals. And we'll partner to help your strategy stay on track. Contact me today, 541-758. 8245. Edward Jones, member SIPC. Hi, this is Mike and Anderson Jewelers reminding you the gold and silver market is still strong, so I'm still buying old gold jewelry and watches. Right now I'm paying cash for 10, 14, and 18 karat gold jewelry, sterling silver, antique and estate jewelry, and of course Rolex and Omega wristwatches. Anderson Jewelers is licensed by the state of Oregon and certified by the city of Corvallis to buy old gold, silver, and watches for nearly 25 years. Anderson Jewelers, 5th and Madison, downtown Corvallis. Middleton Heating has served the Mid-Valley for over 73 years and is still here to help with all your heating, cooling, venting, and sheet metal needs. Middleton can repair, replace, or maintain all types of heating, cooling, and exhaust venting equipment. AC causing you trouble? Need repairs or replacement? Give Middleton Heating a call. Middleton offers several financing options for new equipment and participates in state, federal, and manufacturer incentive programs. You can count on Middleton for all your heating, cooling, venting, and sheet metal needs. Give them a call or find them online at middletonheating.net. Chiefs Performance Hybrids is the Willamette Valley's Prius experts and your Toyota dealer alternative. Dave's Performance Hybrids has the right tires for the right price for your Prius, Toyota, and all other Japanese brand cars, trucks, and SUVs. Come see Dave's new tire expert, Eddie, with 27 years experience in the industry and save today with Dave's $60 off tire special. Need an oil change? Get $20 off your next oil service at Dave's Performance Hybrids. Off I-5 and Highway 20 in Albany, online at Dave's Performance Unified Insurance Group is your local independent insurance agency in Corvallis. 
They represent numerous insurance companies and specialize in auto, home, and business insurance. See Mike Eves, Taylor Starr, and Tom Worth. They'll help find an insurance plan that works best for you. If you're looking for auto, home, or business insurance, see the Unified Insurance Group, 320 Southwest 3rd Street in downtown Corvallis. They're your hometown team, always putting you first. We have a few minutes with some open phones and text times. Johnny, maybe you could check while we're, it's been a busy day, a lot of moving parts. Check the University Honda text line if there's any activity there. We'll try to get those in in the next few minutes. The Downward Dog phone line is open. Dave from Tumwater has chosen to call, and we appreciate that. And my hope is that we did the Melanie conversation some justice. Certainly, Dave, you did not overhype her call of Adley's triple. Want to get your thoughts about how you experienced as the consummate Baltimore Orioles fan, the long-awaited debut. You were kind enough to say you felt like a kid again thinking about the baby birds in 1960. That's so cool and all to the good. So we're going to get Dave from Tumwater on in just a second, and then we'll get one other caller to uh, join us perhaps before we take the break. But if you have any reflections on the weekend past and what's ahead, did you watch softball, did you watch Adley, feel free to jump in. Let's go to Dave and Tumwater on the Joe Beaver Show. Hello, Dave. Good afternoon, gentlemen. I might be biased, uh, uh, guys, but that was one of the best. That was one of the best interviews in the history <laughs> of the Joe Beaver Show or the Joe Show. And and I just ha- I just want to say something personal in re- in regard to uh, kind of my re- relationship with you guys. I- I'm just a caller. But I, but I truly appreciate the fact that you trust my judgment. Mm-hmm. One thing I'm kind of an expert on is good radio sports broadcasting calls, Mike. And I just knew you would love that, that it would give you goosebumps. And for the, in part for the very same reason that you picked up on, she lets the moment linger with the, the roar of the crowd. In fact, if you recall in the interview, even while – He's still running the bases. She's yes. leaving space for the moment to breathe. Mike, you can't you can't anticipate things like that. It's it's broadcast genius. I thought she did a, a fabulous job. So I knew you'd like the call. I appreciate your confidence in me, and I'll be and like I you know tr- truthfully, guys. When I woke up Saturday morning, because I don't have a XM subscription on my truck. Well, I do, but I don't have the baseball package when i woke up saturday morning i I seriously thought the heck with the ucla game i know that's heresy and as a catholic you know that term means more to me than maybe most people that might be calling i almost thought you know i'm just going to go home and make sure i listen to that entire game and that's what i meant mike when i said i feel like a 12 year old i'm just kind of sitting by the radio just waiting to hear what happens the truth of the matter is now my elder years Another radio, even your calls, Mike. I have to say, when I'm listening to them, I'm reading, I'm doing something else. That's what makes you a good broadcaster, Mike, because your <coughs> tone of a, your tone of voice, the elevated pitch, tells me as a listener, it's time to start listening, time <laughs> to start paying attention. Anyway, I'll be listening to the Yankee broadcast tonight because I only get the home team broadcast. 
Uh, I don't particularly care for John Sterling. I think he's kind of obnoxious, actually. <laughs> but Susan Waldman, I'll be very interested in what she has to say. And by the way, Mad Dog Russo last week was telling his listeners, which also includes me, that she broke into sports doing the half-hour sports score update on WFAN and, uh, in New York, and I never knew that. So, Mike and John, there's only one mountain left to climb regarding my enjoyment of the Joe Beaver show. You can probably imagine what it is, and that's when you get Jerry Kramer on. So thanks so much. Enjoyed the interview. Enjoyed the show, as always. Thanks again for your trust in my judgment. Dave, great to hear from you. Thank you very much for the call and all of the stuff you send our way. Keep it coming. We appreciate it and hope to talk to you again soon. And we will keep making the effort uh, to get Jerry Kramer on the Joe Beaver Show. Steve Priest may be able to broker that deal. We hope so. I wish I could find, and I have, you see that I have it here, Churchill, yeah. Paul Johnson. It's a slim biography on the great Winston Churchill by Paul Johnson. It's an off, it's a famous quote from someone who, in trying to describe Churchill, and I can't find it now, and I can't remember those of you who who are good with quotations and can come up with maybe I'll give you enough. TJ might be able. This might be enough. TJ's down the hall. We're going to get Paul on a second. But something to the effect of that when Winston Churchill was born, uh, an angel or some fairy came down and dusted him with all the great gifts of eloquence and power and humor and all of the qualities that made Churchill the great man that he was. But the but the person said, but one thing that he failed to, the, or the fairy or something failed to give Churchill was a sense of good judgment or something along those lines because Churchill had backed uh, the king during the abdication and the relationship with Wallace Simpson. He had done some other things that hadn't worked out particularly well and he was kind of at a low ebb at this time in terms of popularity before he was thrust into the scene and the most important chair perhaps the 20th century has ever seen anybody occupy Churchill is prime minister in World War II. And without him, I'm not sure where we all are now. Without his will to continue to persevere alone through the fight and not to capitulate to the Third Reich. So there's a famous quote, though, about he was all these gifts but denied one. (laughs) And the only thing that in hearing all of this talk about our own Adley Rutschman the last few days and the way... I'm not sure he was denied anything yeah. in terms of his place, humility, family, love, appreciation, taking the moment in. He has done all things well. You know what I'm saying, John? It's unbelievable. And whatever adversity is going to come his way, and it will, striking out, making – he didn't have – he had a chance to be the hero with a game-winning knockoff hit, uh, walk-off hit yesterday, hit a ball to the warning track. It was caught. How thrilling that would have been. He'll make more outs than get hits, as everybody who's ever played the game does. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But I just feel as though he's been, through his family structure, his own will, talent, work ethic, that same uh, fairy that dusted Winston Churchill, according to the famous quote, which I can't find or pull. If somebody can send that to me, who said it about him? I think it was in the mid-30s, 1930s. Feel free to share it. In the meantime, we go to Paul on the Downward Dog phone line ahead of a final break in a conversation with Mariah Mazon from the Oregon State Super Regional Bound softball team. 
Paul, good afternoon. Welcome to the Joe Beaver Show. Oh, thanks, Mike. I'm going to set my sights a little lower than Dave, man. Uh, I think you need to get Alex McGarry on. I mean, that's yeah. where would we be this year with without Alex McGarry? I mean, I, I bet you he doesn't even realize what's going on and how big a part he played in both Meckler and Melton uh, yeah. development. It's a good story. And I did read, as you heard me talk about, I hope, Paul, on the broadcast, an outstanding story by Joe Freeman and the M&M and m boys. But yeah, you're right. We will try to find Alex. I think uh, I've got I've got some contacts where we can get his cell number and try to get him on. That would be super. And yeah, you know, ESPN did do a lot on Adley, and uh, hey, the Mariners even mentioned Adley several times on the broadcast this weekend. Good. Uh, it's good because they didn't want to talk about their own games. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's probably true. Well, they mentioned him early in the game. You. They lost most of them in the last inning, you know. I mean, a walk-off grand slam in the tenth yesterday. It was kind of frustrating, and poor, poor TJ. Absolutely, I, mean, oh I called TJ this morning. I, and TJ, John, TJ, and John will be together the rest of this week as the Beavers head down to Scottsdale. Who knows about the game times? Four o'clock, I believe, is the time that Learfield's going to send out and officially ratify John. I, I'm in contact with Lucas Otta, or is it Dick? Lucas Dick Mata, Lucas Mata, uh, Danielle, <laughs> others. I think it'll be a four o'clock airtime Wednesday from Scottsdale Stadium in Scottsdale. Thus, forty-five minutes, a little breathing room to get into the first pitch. That's great. It works better for us too. I believe so. And then after that, we though, you're in situations where you don't know. Hang on, Paul. You don't know game times. Yeah. And so it's 45 minutes after the completion of the previous game, which leaves it in a lot of, well, who knows when that game's going to end. So 45 minutes, you could have a, you know, a 327 start time. If you do the exact from the end, 45 minutes. So I'm not sure about future pregame times and all of that, but looking forward to it. And Paul, I just, uh, I really enjoyed the, uh, the fact that Adley got as much time as he did over the weekend from all of the uh, networks, but TJ and John will be able to talk, and John will, I'm sure, draw TJ out, who's already, in a sense, fatalistically resigning to, well, <laughs> here we are again. After the 11-6 and six start, they're now 6-19 and 19 over the last 25 games, and they look like they're headed to another mediocre, rather miserable season, and I feel bad for TJ and Mariners fans everywhere. Thanks, Mike. I'm so glad to hear that. <laughs> Good luck to you, Paul. Thanks for the call. Thanks, Paul. Are we close to Mariah Maison <coughs> what, time? What time? Yeah, it's kind of one of those. The uh, Amy, forty. Yeah, twelve forty. Joe Radio. Let's give it a couple more minutes here. Anything on the University Honda text line? A lot on the University Honda okay, text let, line. Let, what do we got, Doc? Um, let's see. Sterling also can't see the ball anymore. That was the latest. John Sterling. Yeah. Uh, Dave, while watching the end of the Yankees-White Sox game last night, ESPN announcers during that broadcast were raving about Adley and his triple and the long-awaited call-up. It was nice, not just like Orioles-Beaver fans gushing. And the last Orioles to have their first career hit be a triple, uh, Manny Machado and Matt Wieters. Cool. So that's Good a pretty company. cool uh, stat there. Um, let's see. The... Uh, the SEC network isn't much of a conference network as it is an ESPN channel dedicated to the SEC. This was on Ron Callen's <laughs> right. complaints about 
the SEC and how they or ESPN and how they covered the Beavers on that seventh inning deal. ESPN also has primary media contact or contract and owns the ACC lock, stock, and barrel. Sports broadcasts have, first and foremost, become simply opportunities to promote the ESPN platform, Mm -hmm. uh, meaning showing incoming SEC member Texas to the Texas and SEC fan base is more important than uh, a, a more compelling finish of a game, even though an SEC team was involved and perhaps because Tennessee was likely to be upset. Mm-hmm. You know, the one thing I will say is that I paid the $7. I wanted to watch the last part of that game, and I joined it, I think, in the fourth inning. I can't remember. But I paid the 7 bucks and noticed on the coverage, well, just noticed in the stands, it was very low attended. Now, here you have a game seven, and you're the favorite. You know, it, there was just a smattering of fans in the stands. Well, is that accurate, or was it was it limited by the camera angles you saw? Was the heat maybe such that fans took refuge in shaded areas, and there were more people there well, than there what the camera people, angle would show There were more you? people in the shaded areas I could see, but it it wasn't um, it was not very well attended. I I was surprised. There was enough camera angles that I saw where you could see, and uh, I was very surprised for a game seven. Um, you know, maybe people gave up on their team. But Oregon State just did a great job, and Hendigas, Hendigas was tremendous in the circle, and um, I think they just came up and, and surprised them. Now, weekly, their head coach was not surprised. She knows Laura. They played each other earlier this year down in Palm Springs, a five-two Beaver win, and I don't know, I don't know much detail about the three-nothing win by, by them on Saturday, but sure, coming back eight to three. Eight to three in the first game had to have stunned them because it was scoreless into the sixth until the Mariah Maison home run. By the way, we need to call and get on the line. Well, yes. I'm buying a little time only in that. I was saying 1240 because I thought Amy Sinicola, this team got back deep into the night from Knoxville on a charter, I believe. We'll talk to Mariah about the journey back in exhilaration from winning the regional in Knoxville and now head to the Supers this weekend on the peninsula in Stanford, California. Mariah Maison will join us, but they got back really late. So when I efforted a player, Amy said, the later the better. How's 12? She said, how about 1 o'clock straight up? I said, Amy, the show's over then. Well, 1245. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay, no, because they're trying to sleep and get a little rest sure. and recuperate. So we've bought time up to about now. And we will come back with Mariah Maison from the triumphant Oregon State softball team and get her perspective on just what it was like to go down there as an underdog and win that regional. What a great story. Mariah joins us next on 1240 Joe Radio. For auto glass solutions, better call the glass man. Call 541-760-2277. Call the glass man. Hi, this is Jake the Glassman. If you need your windshield repaired or replaced, you don't need to call that 800 number. Give me a call. For auto glass solutions, better call the Glassman. Call 541-760-2277. Call the Glassman. Don't let your aches and pains sideline your outdoor aspirations this spring. I'm Dana Hughes, physical therapist and board-certified orthopedic specialist. I'm pleased to be accepting new patients at Sweetgrass Physical Therapy and Wellness in Corvallis by the market of choice. Did you know you're free to choose your own physical therapist? 
At Sweetgrass, you'll experience expert care in a relaxed and friendly atmosphere. Scheduling and billing are hassle-free. For more information, visit our website, sweetgrasspt.com. We set them up, you knock them down. Plan your next party at Highland Bowl in Corvallis. Their party package for each lane includes two hours of bowling, shoe rentals, a 16-inch cheese or pepperoni pizza, and soft drink pitcher. There's a two-lane minimum. Check out the fun at highlandbowl.com. It's a party at Highland Bowl on 9th Street in Corvallis. We set them up, you knock them down. If you feel you're overpaying on your taxes and you're not as profitable as you should be, you're not alone. At Tax and Wealth Management in Corvallis, they can help because that's what they do. They work with individuals and business owners to lower your taxes, increase your profit, and manage your cash flow. They provide bookkeeping and payroll services too. Give them a call at 541-753-4185. That's 753-4185. And get in the game. Tax and Wealth Management in Corvallis, your hometown tax team. And go Beavs! It's back, the popular Friday night prime rib dinner at Tristine Tree Golf Course. Every Friday night throughout the summer, enjoy a delicious prime rib dinner at the tree. You can dine inside or outside on their newly remodeled patio overlooking the course. Other dinner options include salmon or steak and shrimp. For reservations, call the Tristine Tree Pro Shop at 713-4653. That's 713-4653. Prime rib Friday night dinners are back at Tristine Tree Golf Course. See you there. Does your financial advisor take the time to really listen to you? Is your financial strategy personalized for you and your family? Will your financial advisor be there as your life and financial situation change? Hi, I'm former Oregon State athlete Tim Ewis, your Corvallis Edward Jones financial advisor. When we work together, we'll focus on what's important to you. We'll use an established process to create a personalized financial strategy backed by the advice, tools, and resources to help you reach your goals. And we'll partner to help your strategy stay on track. Contact me today, 541 541- 758-8245. Edward Jones, member SIPC. We continue on the Joe Beaver Show. I There have been some tremendous stories for Oregon State Athletics in 21-22. We've talked about them all along the way here on the Joe Beaver Show. We've talked to our next guest a few times along the way in her career, but I'm not sure we've ever had Mariah Mays on, on the show on a higher note than what we get to talk about here today. The Beavers advancing to the Super Regionals for the first time since 2006, defeating host to number 11 Tennessee yesterday twice, and Mariah Maison hit the, 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 had the key hit, a two-run home run, to lift the Beavers to a 3-1 to one win and give them an opportunity to play Stanford again in the Super Regional round. Mariah, kind enough to join us after an amazing day of softball for her and the team in Knoxville. Mariah, how, how are you? Are you still exhilarated? Are you exhausted? Are you a little giddy? I mean, what, how are you feeling today? <laughs> All of the above. <laughs> <laughs> it still, um, it still kind of doesn't feel real. Like I'm still kind of in shock, honestly. Well, it, it'll sink in probably a little bit more as this day goes along, but I could sense uh-huh. in the immediate aftermath and hearing you in the media room following the amazing win for your team that there was a sense of joy and excitement, jubilation, it sounded like, in your voice. What was it like to be part of that day yesterday and come back to Corvallis on that charter flight as the winner of the Knoxville Regional? Yeah, it was great. I mean, it was a full-team effort for sure, and 
I just, I mean, I'm just so glad that, you know, I'm able to do it my last year with this team. I just, I love each and every one of them and we just play for each other so much. And it's just, it's just a great experience every time we're out there on the field. When things were going the way they were, you got that eight, three win game. Number two rolls around and you're in a pitcher's duel. Was there any point? I mean, clearly it could be with your home run. Was there anything prior to your home run? that gave you the feeling, the way, the way Sarah was going, that you guys would take this thing? Yeah, for sure. I mean, immediately after I hit that, I like, knew it was over, and I was like, oh, yep, uh-huh, here we go. Like, this is it. And then I started getting really nervous. <laughs> like, just because, like you said, it was a pitcher's goal, so, like, and they're a great hitting team, so anything could happen, especially, you know, in those last few innings. But um, I had all the faith in Sarah. I knew that she would get it done, and I ended up going in that last inning, but... Um, yeah, it was just it was great. After that home run, I I kind of knew. <laughs> yeah, yeah, certainly. And in watching that game, it, it looked like from all the camera angles I saw, there was not a great attendance for what would be a game seven in a regional. I don't know if you felt that yeah. that, that there was a little I bit of a drop was, off. Yeah, there was definitely more people um the first time that we played them on Saturday. Um, and then I think Sunday after they lost that first game, a, a few people left, but yeah, there wasn't as many people as I thought there was going to be like, there's definitely been more, um, fans at like are the Pac 12 games, like at Oregon or, um, Arizona state, like always has tons of fans. So we weren't really, um, too shocked with the amount of people they had as far as like it being, um, pressure on us or anything like that. But yeah, definitely. Um, I definitely expected there to be more. Yeah, five out of seven Pac-12 teams advanced to Super Regionals, which, you know, mm-hmm. for years and years has been the deal. When you got there, and it's, you know, you meet with the media, you go through things, and then maybe even warming up, you might hear some fans talking. Was there, uh, at least with Ohio State and Campbell, any sense that, oh, they're from the Pac-12, you know, they're always good? Or has that died out a little bit, and it's going to take a while to get that back up as far as the conference being so notorious for having a reputation of being great when it comes to softball mm-hmm. and getting a lot of teams certainly into the supers and several teams every year, it seemed go to uh, the, the women's college world series. Yeah. Um, I, not that I know of was anyone um, saying, you know, like, Oh, this is a pac 12 team, but there's always, you know, that kind of like, as far as like SEC impact, like being that competition. And I know like, um, personally with our team, we were like, this is going to be a SEC, like pack fight. Like we need to come out on top type of thing. But as far as like the fans or other people saying anything, I'm not really too sure about that. Yeah. Yeah. Mariah Maison joining us on the Joe Beaver show. What is your plan now, Mariah, in terms of, are you just kind of resting and recuperating today? Do you have any team practice weight responsibilities? Do you get to kind of decompress a little bit before getting back to work? Yeah, we got in at uh, 3.30, so (laughs) Coach is like, you have the day off. (laughs) Of course, everyone's going to go and um, get treatment and just kind of rest up, take a day to themselves and, you know, recuperate for for this weekend. We leave Wednesday, so it's a quick turnaround. How are you feeling? It's a long season, and everybody at this time of year has got something. How are you feeling physically? I feel good. I've, I've, um, I've been pitching a lot, obviously these last year. So I've definitely been prepared for moments like this. Mariah, how did your team, I've seen the Beavers advance through in baseball one year in Charlottesville. They had to win a regional on the road in tough circumstances through the consolation side. 
when when you were relegated to that after losing to host Tennessee, beating Ohio State in a thriller, losing to Tennessee, and kind of knowing what was ahead, how how did you kind of approach all of that, knowing what you had to do? How did you do that individually and collectively? A message that you, as a veteran, maybe Coach Berg and others, were saying about how to go about it. Yeah, um, well, we knew when we went there that we would have to face Tennessee, and we had seen them previously, so we were kind of just, um, we turned it more on, like, the pressure's on them, not on us. Like, they're the home team. They're the top seed. Like, nobody expects us to win, so, like, the pressure's on them. Like, if they lose, then, do you know what I'm saying? Like, there's not, like, much pressure on us and ourselves because nobody thinks we will win. So it was kind of, we turned it around a little bit and kind of, you know, just took the pressure off ourselves and... We just knew that we needed to go out there and play our game. And like I said, we had previously beat them. So we had already seen their starting lineup and their starting pitcher. So me personally, um, on the mound at least, I had seen them, like I said, in preseason. And um, I was just being more precise with my pitches, mixing them up a little bit more so that they weren't um, sticking to one pitch specifically. And it worked, so... Uh, what were you dealing with weather-wise? Uh, what was it like? Was it sticky? Or, I mean, I, I don't well, know anything about Tennessee or Knoxville. Yeah, it was, that was terrible. I hated <laughs> that weather. It was hot, muggy. Hot and muggy, <laughs> Nothing okay. Nothing like Corvallis. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and two, you must have been, I mean, there must have been a lot of excitement. Again, with all due respect to Stanford, a much better draw, if you will, to be able to go down to Stanford rather than, you know, battle Alabama and Tuscaloosa. Yeah, I mean, both of them are um, good teams, and w- I think the places that we've seen Stanford already, um, like obviously they're in the Pac-12, and we did come away with the um, series win in Pac, but I mean, w- both of us as teams have, you know, played a lot of games, and they've done a lot, made a lot of noise um, in the Pac and obviously at Bama, so we've both... Um, I think improved as teams, and um, it'll be a it'll be a good game. I'm excited. Mariah, we're glad to hear you say you're excited, even if you're exhausted, maybe still living on Knoxville <laughs> time. But just in closing, and we'll be following you closely with the games on ESPNU. That that's exciting for Beaver Nation mm-hmm. to to be able to watch you. The whole journey to get to this point, you've kind of touched on it already. But how do you? too early to reflect because it's not over, but knowing that you've advanced to this point through all that you've been through here, I, I can't imagine what student athletes have gone through with the pandemic and all of the things that have gone on. Just kind of what does it mean to you when you get on a plane Wednesday to go down to play in a super regional with the women's college world series on the line? Can you kind of put that in perspective, what it all means to you? Yeah. I mean, just all the hard work that we've put in from the fall till now with this team, I'm just, so grateful to you know have them on my side and go to war with them I just think that like we have such a great shot to make it to the World Series and not a lot of people get to do that so I'm just excited and we're preparing for this weekend Mariah congratulations thanks for taking time on this day off to talk to us (laughs) on the show we're gonna I think you sense I hope you do Beaver Nation has your back you get a sense of a lot of love from, from the fans yeah, for sure. I like on Twitter. I'll like go through like the um, what the Beaver softball posts, and then I'll have like mentions like, "Yeah, Mariah, can you get an extra year? Let's put a wig on her." <laughs> Something like that. Someone had said, and I was dying laughing because 
we talk about that all the time. Like the team and the coaches were like, let's just change my name and like, give me a different Jersey. I'll dye my hair, cut my hair. Like, Good just idea. like get another year, but all jokes, but yeah. you know, it's, it's fun to, to see that um, Beaver nation definitely has my back and the entire team's back for sure. Mariah, good luck this weekend. We'll be in touch with you down the road. Have a great time and uh, hope to see you in the World Series that we expect to. Thanks for the time, Mariah. We appreciate it. Thank you so much. Yeah, Mariah Maison, I think she was going to say, have a great rest of your day, which we will. We've had her on several times. Yeah, she is. She's a gigantic leader for the team. Yeah, lone senior. Yeah. It's a young team, but as Laura said, uh, Coach Berg said in the postgame yesterday, uh, after, and I think Pat Casey used to say this too, after the fall, when they come in and they're freshmen and they do their thing after the fall, you come back for winter term, you're, you're not a freshman anymore. At least psychologically on our team, our expectation is that you are a seasoned veteran. Some text to get to in our remaining minutes. <coughs> Excuse me. As we both cough at the same time. Yeah. You sound a little better. You sound better, yeah. but you still got it. And occasionally. It's uh, a tickle in the throat yeah, occurs. Allergies, huh? Remembering 2006, says Picard. In 2006, Richard helped set a ballpark attendance record because so many of us walked from the Beaver B- Baseball Regional win to root on the softball team in the last few innings over Cal. <laughs> Great year, 2006. And maybe yeah. just maybe yeah. 2022 is going to have a, a similar kind of feel. 2006 was a rarity in that the Beavers hosted a Super without lights. They were all day games, beating Cal in that Super Regional. Great on the Adley side. Someone writes in on the University Honda text line, welcome to the show, kid. I think after his triple, his first hit. Yeah. So much anticipation for him. While watching the end of the Yankees-White Sox last night, ESPN announcers during that broadcast were raving about Adley and his triple and the long-awaited call-up. It was nice, not just the Oriole fans gushing. I think you shared that earlier. Baseball question about games on TV. The Pac-12 will have every game on, starting with uh, all the games on Wednesday. And softball will be on ESPNU Friday night at 7.30, Saturday night at 6. We have a request. We're all request radio, and I think this would be a nice way to end the show today. Can you find Dave from Tumwater as requested with the request line open on the University Honda text line? Could you reprise the Melanie Newman call and close the show? Can we do that here? And just, you know, before we wrap it up, we'll try to, we yeah. can let her, the crowd, even the last few seconds because she lets it breathe. Uh, we'll get to that in the answers. Yes, Dave, I think we'll close the show that way. Kristoff, the Truman show. We need a, we need a Kristoff kind of call in the shots for the, for the, for the ESPN family of networks, according to Ron Callen. That was the name I was striving for. Uh, one of uh, Dan and Beaverton talked about Alex McGarry. And we'll try to thank you for that. Dave, thanks a lot for the support. Are you guys going to go all summer? No, but a little longer with the Joe Beaver show all right, than, we than the go. usual end. Okay, here we go. Here's the call. Long look in for Garza. Mejia has sent several signs. They find one. 2-2. Rutschman, a drive out to right field. This one heading down. It's a fair ball! Adley motors around second! 
He's gonna go to third. Adley Rutschman, welcome to the big leagues. A stand-up triple. Can you believe it? Boy, she really let that breathe a lot. We're out in five, so have a great trip, Doc. Thank you. Talk to you later. We'll talk to you in the heat from Scottsdale. K-E-J-O Corvallis. And translator. K-2290-I Corvallis. The home of the Beavers. 1240 Joe Radio.